Okay, so we have been talking about prayer. What is prayer? Talking to God. Yes. Okay. With God. Why do we make it into something grander than that? Because God is grand. Yeah, that's a good reason. That's exactly what I was thinking. So we should respect it, right, because of that. But at the same time, it is not supposed to be something to be worried about doing it right or worried about saying the right <coughs> words, right? That stuff you will learn. The important thing is just to do it. All right. Um, so what topics regarding prayer have we talked about so far? Oh, okay. Or anything that you remember about it up to this point? Oh, uh, we did. Wasn't it like a prayer? It was like one of the first weeks. Publicly, something like that. Okay, we did talk. So let's start with what Audrey said, because that was the first week. Answers to prayer. No, grow, slow, and go. Right. No. Oops. Slow. <laughs> slow. Grow. Go. What's no mean, Gideon? Um, you're not ready to do it yet. No. No. What? It just means no. You're means not, you're not ever ready. ready. Yeah. No. This is no not means something you're going no. to do. Nope. Slow means you, like, over time. Eventually like, you'll get there. Your, your, the prayer will be answered <coughs> over time. Grow means you have to grow as a person or spiritually or change before you can and no means you're not ready to do it yet until we take it slowly and grow in order to go so stop correcting me no means no means <laughs> no i understand both of you have valid points <laughs> all right and what does go mean natalia um yes yes and now now right because slow just like slow could be no also kind of right mm -hmm. it's more of a process go means right now right you're ready now it's gonna happen now <clears throat> all right good that's a good thing to remember that because as you go through life and you pray answers are not always written down for you verbalized to you a voice in your head sometimes you have to remind yourself of what the answers might be to prepare yourself so then you don't get frustrated right sometimes praying for things can get frustrating no yes yeah can be right all right so and then what did you say i said about? uh like public private yep there's more kind of the places and the way in which you might pray, right? Okay. Um, we broke down a prayer. That's we broke down the, the Lord's, Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer, good. And we talked about... Praise. We talked about how praise is important. 
Yes, uh, you talked about that last week, right? Phrase and uh, what was the big fancy P word? Hmm? Oh, that's for the other one. You, did you say worship too? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know, I don't last know. week. But yes, there is another P word. Slash an I word. Intersection. 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 That's intercession. intercession. Yes. Intercession. <laughs> if you could intercept a prayer, that would be interesting. Um, what's the first one? <laughs> petition. Petition. Yeah. I was like. Oh, we talked about petition. So, we talked about this. Two weeks ago. Yes. What's petition? What does that mean? It is a big word that we don't use very often. Might use it in like law or something formal. Oh, that's cool. Huh? We do it a lot at school. Oh yes, right. We talked about that. So what is what do you think a petition means based off of your experiences? Like a, like a request. A request, right? And we talked about sometimes, usually, it means that it's formal. But um, on behalf of somebody else. Right, and that's where the intercession comes in, is it's a request on the behalf of something else, someone else. You're interceding for them. You are going, it, picture of it like this. If there was somebody who was on trial and was going to be hanged, and the king is the one determining that that's their sentence. And you burst into the room and you say, wait, I have something to say about this. And you had a new thing to bring to light and you were gonna plead their case. That would be interceding on their behalf. That's an extreme example, right? Because sometimes you're just interceding for someone and asking for prayer because they're sick or they're going through a hard time, or maybe they're about to do something new and amazing and you want it to be good and great. Or you could even be thanking God or praising him for having gotten them to that point. That could be intercession as well, okay? Prayer every Sunday is intercession. Yes, right. During our um, announcement and prayer, it is almost always, well, it is, in some sense, intercession. Even somebody has a prayer request for themselves, they are asking for other people. There's tons of people that you probably don't even realize that write things down the entire time during that part, and then they pray for that stuff throughout the week. And sometimes years until there is an answer. And sometimes, sometimes these answers we have are not obvious, and that's okay. Just keep praying until you get an answer, okay? Sometimes you just have to wait. You might not realize that the answer is no, but that's okay. Because sometimes that answer isn't for you if you're praying for somebody else, right? That answer is for them. And that's where it comes into, we talked about the Lord's Prayer. What part of that did we talk about that is where you are submitting yourself. There's a section in that that talks about submitting yourself. It's at the very end. Thy will be done. 
Right. You are, in the end, you may ask for things, and even though you're not sure what the answer <laughs> is, you can say whatever the answer is, what you, I'm okay with that. Help me to be good with that. Help me to not go against that, okay? So those are just ways to think about these um, overarching ideas that we have. That's a more of a practical way to think about it. Okay, um, what did you talk about with praise and worship? Because I was not here for that. Um, we talked about how um, there's everybody has their own way, but I say that for a specific reason because, like, you always want to have like worship in your like words, worship in your brain and in your mouth and stuff. Like, for example, Levi always is always singing and there was the one guy who had the stickers, Jesus stickers all over his tools. You know, like the, mm -hmm. so like everybody has their own way, but like those people, um, the point is that you always praise God for every single thing, every word out of your mouth is um, praise to God. Good, okay. Wasn't here. You were. Okay. Anything? Anyone have anything to add to that? Perfect, Audrey. <laughs> okay. So some of that has, and we, I said this the first time I taught about this, that there's a lot of overlap with these things. Okay, and that's just kind of the nature of prayer. It's really the nature of our lives that all things are intertwined together. Um, that it's hard to separate things and just do one of them without the other. So tonight we are going to look at Thanksgiving. And <clears throat> as we go into that, You'll see there are overlaps with praise in that. So let me ask you all something. You'll all take a turn. Tell me something that you are grateful for and be specific. I don't wanna hear, I'm grateful I have food every day because children in Africa don't. All right, that's something that you're, I'm sure everyone has heard their parents say that at some point or somebody. <clears throat> so let's be a little bit more specific. Are you going in like an order? Oh, or? I don't know. Whoever has one first. I'm grateful that I have a family that I can uh, go talk to God about. And I don't have to be like worried to talk to them about it. Okay. I'm thankful that I have a good church that is God-centered, because there are some churches that aren't, mm -hmm. which is kind of weird, but they exist. Uh, they do? That I don't go to one of those churches. Interesting you mentioned that, because that's <coughs> what our adult Bibles, or not Bible study, Sunday school has been not specifically about what we've been talking about, other denominations and when they have gone off the rails some. Anybody? All right. 
you two are left. Alright. Uh, I am thankful for my roommate. I, <laughs> okay. I mean, More details. Because, I don't know, I just, that, like, I was nervous about having a roommate and um, just the person I ended up having is just, I think, going to be really great. So. Good. How about you, Natalia? doesn't have to be big or dynamic, it can be small, but it must be specific. <laughs> I know you all make Thanksgiving lifts every year, and I'm sure you have lots of things on it. Now, let me ask you this, how often do you express the gra that gratitude, even those specific things, do you express that to God? Not as often as I should. <laughs> I'm sure we could all say that, right? But now that's an, that's an important thing is how often, right? We talk. I think we've talked a little bit about prayer that it should be often. If we haven't talked about it in this series, we've talked about it many times before. But I was thinking about an important aspect is there's lots of grateful people out there that aren't necessarily grateful to God for things. Even now, I don't know if it's like just because of the Southern Bible Belt culture that everybody likes but people will even say I'm blessed but they don't even aren't even saying that God is the one who's blessing them they're just I'm blessed it's not even like a code word that God is blessing you anymore <clears throat> yeah so it, some people have a grateful attitude but it's not necessarily to God um, I want this is perfect because I have four verses or four groups of verses. So you can all go to Genesis. And Phoebe, I want you to go to Genesis 8, 20, and 21a. You know what I mean by that? Um, are there like two verses? No, 21a means like the first half-ish. And I also. Okay. So 8, 20, eight. 21. Natalia, you can go to 20, oh wait, 12, 7. Audrey, you can go to 29, 18. And Gideon, you can go to 35, 6 through 7. Okay, it's because it's a long one. Well, only the first part of it is pertinent to our topic, so. Do you have a word you want me to stop on? 
Uh, no, I'll just tell you what to stop. No, 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 no. no. 20 and 21. Alright, everybody there? So you'll, if you didn't guess, you're gonna, you're supposed to pick out something these all have in common. Alright, go ahead, Phoebe. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord, and took every clean beast and every clean fowl, and offered burnt offering on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savior, and the savor. Lord savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore. Good. Go ahead, Natalia. Yep. 12, 7. Mm-hmm. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto thy seed will I give this land, and there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Okay. Go ahead, Audrey. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel thy Is that... 2918? Genesis 2918. Oh, I must have wrote down the wrong chapter. Maybe it's 28. Hold on. 2818. Yep. 2818, sorry. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillow and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top, upon the top of it. Okay. And go ahead, Gideon. So Jacob came to Luz, which is the land of Canaan, that is Bethel, and he, he and all the people that were with him. And he built there an altar and called the place at Bethel, El Bethel, because there God appeared unto him, and when he fled from the face of his brother. Okay, so what do all of these have in common? Besides my misappropriated one. <laughs> They all built an altar. Okay, good. Now. Well, yeah. Yes. Like they're like to yeah. Yes, Why? But to it's praise. But the idea is like thanking God. You're building an altar to praise God. Right. That's I think. Well, that's not the only reason you build an altar, right? What's another reason to build an altar? Sacrifice. For. Uh, for help. Uh, it could be both, right? Sometimes what they do is there's repentance before a petition or a request is made, right? Sometimes that is necessary. Oh, could say it's always necessary. Um, now, are there other types of offerings besides a sacrifice that are given to God? This is a little bit more Bible scholarly. Well, it, I know that in Genesis, they did the fruit, but God said no, didn't he? He did. Um, I'm sorry, can you ask the question again? Okay, are there other types of offerings to God besides a sacrifice? Yes. It does count. We, we even see that even in the Old Testament with, say, Hannah offering Samuel, right? really do like the traditional um, sacrifices anymore. Right. We offer God our heart. Right. So it is a type of sacrifice. Um, in Leviticus. Money where, like, I mean, 
money to where people like give like an actual offering. Yep. So that's an offering, right, that we still do today. So it you are sacrificing something, but typically in the Old Testament, if you see the word sacrifice, it's talking about killing an animal. Yes. Okay. Now, if you go to Leviticus and Exodus, we're not going to go there, but I'm just telling you, if you go in there and you look at the chapters that are about what they are to do in the temple, that there are all types of offerings that they do. They do drink offerings where they pour water onto the ground. They do oil where they pour oil onto things. They do heave offerings, which is they'd have like a basket full of grain or like a sheaf of grain and they wave it over the sky. And that's something that is given and then it's for, they're for all different things. They have different meanings and stuff like that. And the grain, they don't just throw it away afterwards. That goes to the Levites and they use it for themselves. That was part of the intention was that people would bring stuff. So part of that, and you will even occasionally you will see people in our church do this. And it's more of a, a symbol and a way to say thank you to attach a physical act to it where you'll even sometimes pastor will point out that people did this that people have brought strawberries and put them up there where the flowers are that there were the first strawberries they picked that year or the first grapes that they picked that year now and oh, usually we eat them afterwards right we're not going to just let them go to waste but it's a way to say I had a great crop this year, or I didn't have a great crop, but I'm still thankful for what I had this year. Okay, it's a way to attach like an action to it. And that helps us to make it more meaningful and it's easier, it's more powerful than if you just are there picking strawberries and you say a prayer quickly in your mind. Not that that's bad, that's a good thing too, but it's a way to, to express your thankfulness to God more. So, each of these, I picked these out, um, one because they are early. These are happened before they have the law of Moses and God tells them all these heave offerings, these drink offerings, all that kind of stuff. They, um, <clears throat> they're more spontaneous would they do them and the first one that we saw there was Noah Noah doesn't makes an altar to God thanking him for what was Noah's you should know this Phoebe. what was the most amazing thing that Noah would have to be grateful for surviving, surviving right saving humanity right he's even doing it on the behalf of humans um, then we have Natalia what was yours do you know I didn't give you a lot of context for it who offered the sacrifice in your verse 12 7 Abraham okay what might Abraham have been 
thankful for? He got an answer that was slow, slow, slow. He waited a long time. In fact, he never saw. He saw the beginnings of things, but what did he never see that was promised to him? Oh, the promised land. I mean, he was in it, walking around it right wherever he walked would belong to him, but it never belonged to him, right? It belonged to his family later on. What else was he promised? Lots of children, as many as the stars and as the sand on the beaches. And he got one that he was supposed to have and one that he wasn't supposed to have, right? That's all he got. And that was just a little seed of what was to come. And he was thankful just for that small amount that he got from God. He was thankful for many other things, but that specifically. Okay. And then Audrey. It was, uh, I'm guessing about his dreams. Yes, so what you have before that is he has the dream of the angels going up and down the stairs or ladder to heaven. Why is he thankful for that? You'd have to know the story beforehand. Because it, it was um, like, a, like a sign that God was still there even though he made Wrong choice in his life. Okay, yeah, he was running for his life, right? Yes. His, he was pretty sure his brother Esau was going to kill him. Okay, and he sees, has this dream that to him is showing him, hey, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm there even though you can't see me. And then he builds, and this is a little bit, this is a different one from some of the other altars as he stands up a, the stone that he used for a pillow. So, kind of more like an obelisk. I, we don't know how big this stone was. I imagine kind of big because in Gideon's verse, he comes back to the exact same place. This is over uh, 14 years later. And what it, it's actually quite a bit more than that, but. More than 14 years later, he comes back and he meets Esau again. And what is he concerned about? Anybody know? Being killed by his brother. Being killed still by his brother, which he is not. He does all these things with, he sends gifts on ahead of him and all these things. And even when he starts this journey back to where his homeland, where his brothers are, God shows him a vision where he sees angels like a, a, um, a like essentially an army of angels that is traveling along with them to show that he's, he's still afraid. Even after that, he wrestles with God, with Jesus, physically, right? And then gets his hip displaced. And he's still afraid. And everything goes fine with Esau. It's not like they're best friends forever, but they live as neighbors and everything is good. And it actually takes God telling him, if you read the verses before it, God tells him, hey, you need to go back to where you stood up that stone all those years before. 
and he's like, oh yeah, I should go back there and I should give thanks to God for that. So, all of these things are the physical things that are done to show thankfulness, to show um, that you are thinking about what God has done for you and you are grateful for it. I talked about two things, one type of thing that some people do that you may have never even noticed or remembered. But what are some other things that we do now that are physical actions beyond because we pray, like we pray at mealtimes that we're thankful for the food, oftentimes publicly or hopefully privately we thank God for things or some other things that we do maybe in your family or as a church we have a major holiday coming up Thanksgiving yeah well it's it's a li it's kind of a short holiday but we stretch it out in church right we take the whole month and all the sermons are centered around it, all of our music is centered around it, and we make lists and we decorate with all fall decor of showing abundance of pumpkins and squash and nuts and, you know, things that we take for granted now, but back then it was a symbol of, hey, we have a ton of food that we're gonna store over the winter, and this was a good year. Um, so we do those things like that. <clears throat> and those are good because it's good to have things that come in seasons, just like Christmas, just like Easter, because we're really bad at doing the same thing every day and still it having meaning to us, right? If you, the more repetition you have of something, the more you lose the meaning of it. So it's good for us to have seasons almost really God set it up for seasons to be there and for things to be cyclical, to, to have more impact for us. I think Gideon brought up, we talked about this concept before and Gideon said, if you say the same word over and over and over and over, eventually it is, sounds dumb and loses its meaning. And it's true, and that's how we are. You, it doesn't, it's not as, just wow factor to us anymore. Now, I said all that, and now I'm going to say you need to be thankful all the time and every day. And that's where the real challenge is, okay? So, I have not always done this, but I have come to make it a habit that, and sometimes, just like I was talking about, it's a habit to where I say it and do it, but it doesn't have the same meaning that it should. But I've made a habit that every time when I pray, the first thing to do is to be thankful for something. Whatever it is, that is the first thing that I try to do. Now, that's not always the case. There are um, out of the ordinary examples. If it's an emergency or something like that, I usually go straight to the thing that is the emergency, right? As anyone naturally would do. 
why would I want to start off prayer with being thankful? I mean, like to remind yourself that of the things that you, if you're asking for something later in the prayer, remind yourself in the beginning that God is um, gracious and gives you what you need and to be thankful for what you do have. Okay. And ask for whatever it is later. Okay. And have that mindset first. That's good. All good stuff. Here's a very basic reason. God said to. He said you should be thankful for things, right? And Jesus says that you should be as well. Starts off the prayer, <clears throat> the example, the Lord's Prayer, starts off with praise and thanksgiving. And in the middle there is it, and at the end, right? That's a constant theme throughout it. Here's another reason though, personally. I don't want Jesus to say, all you ever do is come to me and ask for things. Just think about it as a, relate it to relationships in the world, because that's what you want, right? You want to have a close personal relationship with Jesus. Everyone's to say yes, that's, that's the idea. Okay, now the, sometimes we need to think about our relationships with other humans to try to understand how we should behave because it's hard. Sometimes we think of a relationship with God as this like holy thing and we need to ground it a little bit more, okay? Um, <clears throat> now, Jesus would never ever ever have dread you asking him something. He wouldn't say, oh no, it's Audrey again. I don't want to. She's always asking. He would never have that attitude, right? Right? Based off of everything that we know in the Bible, he would not be that way. But I think that it might make him sad if the only thing you ever did was pray when you needed something. And even worse, if it was just things that would be nice or something that you just wished for, okay? I think that would make him sad. You might say, well, why, why do you think that? Well, do you know anybody in your life who every time they talk to you, Every time you see them, they're always looking for something from you. They either want to use something that you have, they want you to do something for them. That's the only reason that they ever talk to you. Sure, if you don't know somebody yet in your life, I guarantee you, you will know somebody like that at some point in your life. And if you don't, maybe it's you. But those people, after a while, sometimes it feels like a burden knowing them, right? Because that's what they do is they come and they take and they take and they take. And 
it's a if you think about it in that context <clears throat> I don't want to be that person with God of course now this is the theological parts comes in that everything you have everything in your life that is good came from God so you can't help it but everything that you have and you are is all from him but he wants to have a relationship with you that is a good one and part of that is to be thankful for stuff to be grateful how how might we know this well let's go to Luke Gospel of Luke chapter 17 so this is while Jesus was on earth you are probably familiar with the story. You've, I'm sure you've at least heard it once. Um, chapter 17, verse 12 through 19, we're going to read. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were leapers, which did... Lepers. Lepers, <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> which stood Lepers. afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. What verse, sorry? 14. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go shoot yourselves into the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw them, that he was healed, turned back, and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. <coughs> and Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not er, there are not found that returned to give glory and God. Glory to God, save the stranger. And he said unto them, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Okay. Have you heard this story before? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All familiar with it? Yeah. It's interesting, right? Got Jesus doesn't really give you an interpretation. Luke doesn't really give you an interpretation because you don't really need one, right? You can read that story and understand what it's trying to get across. What's it trying to get across, Phoebe? Yeah, um, like, if you are going to ask God for stuff, which, like, is okay, you just have to remember that you always should give thanks because um, it's His choice to give you all these good things that He's given Right, right. That's very straightforward. Okay, it's easy to understand that. So, and it's another side note that is made here though. What kind of a person is he? What is his heritage? He's a Samaritan. He's a Samaritan. I don't know if the other ones were also Samaritans, but I wonder if maybe that they were all Jews like regular Jerusalem or you know Israelites and not the mixed Samaritans <clears throat> where 
the one who is an outcast in society, he's already an outcast, but then he gets leprosy on top of it, okay? It's like if somebody, I don't know, I don't even want to be too dark about it, but if somebody lost their job and then on the way home got in a car accident, right? Something already bad and then another bad thing on top of it. And then that's the one who ends up being the most thankful and grateful. Now, that's not to say the other ones weren't thankful and grateful. Maybe it took a while until they got to the priests and after all the excitement of everything, we're like, oh yeah, I should have said thank you. But it's not like they can Google where Jesus lives or find out where he is. I mean, they may never see him again. This, this one, though, remembered in the moment, oh, I need to run back and thank him for it. And we can get like that in our lives and forget about to be thankful for things. Really, the best way to do this is, <clears throat> and it's an easy type of prayer just to do a quick thank you, um, is to make it embedded into your character that you are a thankful person and to make that part of who you are. I. Interesting that Audrey brought this up for the praise and that Levi talked about the same thing, but I always think of, especially when I'm in my shop because of the nature of it, but with a lot of things, I always think about that story of the guy who had on all of his tools, thank you Jesus, right? And if just for things like a pair of pliers that have thank you Jesus on it, thank you that I have those pliers, a visual reminder of what should at least be a silent prayer just by picking up that pair of pliers to say thank you Jesus that I got these pair of pliers to do what I got to do today and for me I had a lot of bad vehicles starting in college with my first car I was grateful for all of them but they were ones where they always had something wrong the first three only lasted like a year, maybe a year and a couple months, and then I'd have a new one because it was so terrible. And I was glad to have them, but they were frustrating. And then I finally got a vehicle that was pretty reliable, a pretty nice vehicle. And for a long time after that, most times when I started it, I would say, Thank you, Jesus, because it started today, and today could be a whole lot worse if it didn't start, or if there was a flat tire, or whatever it might be. Just simple things like that that makes your day a little bit easier, or whatever it might be, to be thankful for it. Now, it's not just to be thankful for good things. We're not going to go there, but Peter in one of his letters says, you should rejoice in the bad things that happen to you. Now that's real hard to be thankful when a bad thing is happening. That's real hard, but it's something to aspire to. Um, <clears throat> now, the last thing that, because I already know some of you can relate to this, the thing that I am most thankful for, that I think about often, and more and more, you just tend to do this kind of stuff when you get old, so 
get ready. But that I'm thankful for, besides the fact that God loves me, because that's the root of everything that's good, is the fact that God had me born down on the other East Shelby Road. And that my parents decided to look for a different church and found this one that had just opened and only been open for a year or so, well, a few years, and just finding this church. Because it had absolutely nothing to do with me. I mean, not even in a small way that you could claim. And to have grown up here, and besides all the amazing Sunday school teachers, youth group leaders, and everyone else within the church, but to have the pastor that we have teaching. Why do I say that? Because I've heard a lot of other preachers. I've heard a lot of other ones. And there are many that are good, that I like to listen to as well. But, and maybe it's my bias because I have nostalgia for it, but I have learned so many things that I could not have learned elsewhere because of a church that follows what God says and follows it just so fervently. I probably don't think about it often enough because even if I were to have gone to a halfway decent church somewhere, I might not, who knows, I might not even be going to church anymore. There are so many things to be thankful for. I mean, you could list off like a hundred easily, and we do that at Thanksgiving, but the key is to try to make it a habit all the time. And I'm not even very good at it. I even need things like this, like us deciding to talk about prayer, to be like, oh yeah, I probably am sliding a little bit on that. I need to work on that some more. And it just to be honest, that we all have that nature to forget, to let it slide. And I'm glad that all of you come on Tuesdays, that you come on Fridays, and that you come, uh, of course, on Sundays, because every one of those reminders just bolsters and props up your ability to become closer to God. It's a built-in thing to help you with it, um, and just more things to be thankful for. All right, that will be it for our prayer series, and let me know what your ideas are for next week. Thank you.